0: are you increasing your buying power what if i told you there is a unique group purchasing model that can help you achieve that goal well anthony from yuna joined me in last week's episode to let us know what they are doing to change the procurement game make sure to check out that episode over at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash episode 100 I grew up with supply chain in my blood. I spent eight years in logistics operations and another eight in sales talking to shippers and BCOs learning all about their pain points. Visibility is one of the biggest blockers to supply chain performance and knowing where your cargo is, well that's just the beginning. What you really want to do is avoid surprises. Terminal 49 is an ocean freight visibility platform that's out to change the game for importers and brokers. They provide an easy-to-use unified dashboard with track-and-trace functionality to replace querying hundreds of separate Steamship Line and Terminal websites. Just by entering the bill of lading number, you will receive proactive alerts when there's an ETA change, container holds, or anything that requires action. Best of all, they can automatically update all the data you need for forecasting directly in the systems you use today, even spreadsheets. Check out Terminal49.com forward slash LTSC to learn more about Terminal 49 and they've agreed to give Let's Talk Supply Chain listeners 20% off their first year. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. I hope that 2020 had started off really well for all of you. You are keeping to those resolutions and staying warm. We have started the year off with a bang. Daniel Stanton, Mr. Supply Chain and I did a LinkedIn live episode about our top tips for social media about two weeks ago and we got some amazing feedback. Coming up, I will be at TPM with the team at the Journal of Commerce and I will be podcasting from my very own booth plus moderating the leadership panel and so much more. We are also launching some amazing projects at the SC Supply Chain TV on YouTube so make sure you are subscribed as to not miss out on any of the fun. Today is the beginning of February and it is almost exactly one year ago that I met met this amazing woman in supply chain and within hours of meeting she whisked me off to the Houston Rodeo to see Luke Bryan and we became lifelong friends. Before I reveal who that is let's get to the question of the week. So the question of the week is, what are the potential savings of a circular supply chain? Well, over on the Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn page, Andrew Kennedy says, I believe a circular supply chain is the best option for business growth. Um, Helen McKenzie, we had a great one at our roundtable last year where an F- MCG company was using recycled plastic from plastic bottles for its bottles. Over on my LinkedIn page, Bettina. Hobson, every supply chain is different. Food supply chain is difficult to repurpose waste versus clothing supply chain. Tim Dyer says, interesting subject, Sarah. End to end isn't dead. It's just now there is more insight and thought as to cost efficiencies. Consider MRO a circular supply chain? Question mark. Kanda Rosier says, it's an interesting question. The transition from a linear to circular supply chain is not an all or no. Nothing Proposition. Over on Instagram, Supply Chain Coach says reduced wastage, which means lower COGS and less environmental impact. And on Twitter, the JJ Curtis says, how will there be greater adoption of the circular supply chain? Logistics is one of the largest costs. Well, thank you to everyone who commented. Remember, you can see all of the conversations under Listener's Corner at LetstalkSupplyChain.com. Plus, there are links to their the LinkedIn profiles of everyone who comments, so you can instantly be connected with those you resonate with. Well, today, I am glad that we get to highlight Claudia knowlton Chike, As you will hear in her impressive bio, Claudia has had an amazing journey to success. So let's get to know a little bit more about her before we welcome her to the show. Claudia Knowlton chike serves as the Senior Director Global Logistics Operations at Google. She provides leadership to global transportation, warehousing, import, export, trade compliance, packaging, and automation projects that enable Google's data centers. Having started as a packaging engineer at IBM, Claudia has gone full circle in the supply chain. She developed and led the supply chain for a global manufacturing manufacturer of specialty chemicals and has led core functional supply chain teams at IBM, GE, Facebook, and Motorola. She has served on the Corporate Fiduciary Committee, Health and Wellness Committee, and ERP Steering Committees. A graduate of University of Wisconsin-Stout with a BS degree in package engineering, Claudia went on to receive her project management professional certification, a master's in SCM from Penn State, and an executive MBA from University of Minnesota. Claudia loves spending time with her husband and growing family, four children, and nine grandbabies. So welcome to the show, Claudia. Woohoo, thank you. I am so glad that you're here. So let's fill in the audience of how you and I met. Last February was the ISM Diversity Conference in Houston, and I was honored to be asked to moderate the Woman in Procurement panel. Claudia and I met briefly before we took the stage. We put on a great show with the other ladies, and as you are picturing this, I just want to point out that Claudia was in her cowboy boots, and when I saw them, I instantly knew this is somebody I want to meet. So during the networking break at the end of the day, Claudia approached me with an extra ticket to Luke Bryan at the Houston Rodeo. I was exhausted from traveling and the anxiety I get before a panel, but I thought, what the heck? And I'm so glad I did. We got there in time to see some of the rodeo. I found out that the week-long event is run by over 30,000 volunteers, which I thought was incredible. And we got to see Luke Bryan. So, it was just such an amazing night and something I will never, ever forget. And that night, I learned how much you love life and enjoy it to the fullest. So, tell us, what is your life philosophy? Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for having me here today. And it really was a fun uh, fun
1: evening. Um, I choose to live life each day to the fullest. And I'm glad that you picked up on that. But um, we make our choices and, you know, live with no regrets but I do choose to see the good and early on in my career I made a choice and that was I was going to have kids I had four kids within five years so I had to make priorities and the family came first career second community third and um, it was great choices but um, yes and I think Eleanor Roosevelt has a great quote and it's the purpose of life is to live it to taste the experience to the utmost, and to reach out eagerly and without fear for newer and richer experiences. And that also speaks to you because you accepted this invitation, you barely knew me, and we had the best time. So, yeah, it was great.
0: We absolutely did. And I love that. And I think it it encompasses kind of who we are. Right. And it's from that moment that I met you that day and from, you know, just our relationship since I think that. You know, it was amazing how you and I just clicked and we just sort of took off. And now I'm featuring you as a woman in supply (laughs) chain. I'm so excited because I think you have so much to bring to the community. You're such a powerhouse. So when you look back on your career, what were some of the highlights, Um, maybe the big moments and how did you celebrate those? So I think first and foremost, graduating as an engineer and then joining
1: IBM was definitely a highlight. Um, I think that going further in my career that I had ever planned was also an accomplishment. And I did eventually have a seat at the table reporting to the CEO and running the entire supply chain. So those were some highlights. And then there's some legacies. And one of them that stuck out was, um, and I sent you a picture. Uh, I won first place in a packaging competition. This was 1987. I was hugely pregnant with my third child. And I was, I think, one of the very few women at this huge event in Chicago. And I won first place. And so I waddled up to the front to accept my um, award. But the the cool thing was not only um, that that happened, but also how I felt um, as a woman and as a, somebody who was you know with my third child um, receiving that award, and also the fact that this was a pretty revolutionary package mm-hmm. and one that we should have patented because you see all the clamshells out there today, and um, so it's uh, that was a great legacy and and some other great ones, but I think. You know, also working at GE Healthcare um, and really transforming global logistics at GE Healthcare, uh, it, w- it became a place that people wanted to work in logistics, and um, received the President's Award from the CEO of GE Healthcare. Wow! Uh, for transformation and rigor, um, and and then really, you know, the 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 role um, at a small chemical company being able to map out the entire supply chain, put it together, launch it, run it, have a seat at the table with the CEO. And and now to be at Google, is I mean I just feel so blessed I I have been a hard worker so I, I I would like to say I've earned it um but it's been a really adventurous career and I think a couple of things that have really helped me is staying positive yeah um always you know staying calm in the face of chaos uh, bringing that positive attitude to whatever you do and and just being a hard worker and getting it done and and really taking care of the people. Uh, Most people would tell you I lead from the front, I nurture and care for the people and developing people has been a, a highlight in my career as well.
0: I really like to hear that. And I think also you're very passionate about supply chain and you saw really early on how supply chain was going to really transform a business. And so you were able to relay not only your passion, but the reasoning behind supply chain being that you know really big, you know business. Um, I guess competitive advantage, right? And you were able to um, you were able to push forward with the with that thinking and with those thoughts, which is great because back then nobody really looked at supply chain as a competitive advantage. And so kudos to you for having that seat at the table and getting people to listen to you and being that trailblazer of supply chain being the core function of a business so i love to hear that i love your stories i love getting together with you anyways so (laughs) what about challenges what were there specific things you had to overcome personally and how did you tackle those I
1: I like to think of it in terms of opportunities. And I think the biggest opportunity continues to be moving the needle in terms of driving more equity in leadership and promoting women and underrepresented groups into leadership positions. So not just for me, but for others. And as a female engineer, 36 years ago, I was typically the only female on the team or in the room or at the meeting. Um, And as I grew in my leadership role, I had to really push um, for those opportunities and ultimately leading, you know, to the highest level. And so having a seat at the table, but it doesn't, you know, there are microaggressions, there is unconscious bias. And I think that um, the more that we have conversations and that we bring people in power along with us and help them understand, because I think there's a lot of well-intentioned, allies out there but just don't understand some of the things that they say and 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 what they mean um and so i think really having those conversations helping those in power to understand and then really helping to promote um women and underrepresented groups and i think that you know for the 36 years i've been working on it i was somewhat disappointed until recently like in the last several years we're starting to see more women and underrepresented groups in leadership positions every time i go into linkedin i'm seeing more women um, into the c-suite and i get so enthused so i think it's somewhere in the 25 percent range and for many years it was three to five percent women in c-suite positions Um, unfortunately, women of color have not enjoyed those same statistics. And so we've still got a ton of work to do do. um, to really um, bring more equity and inclusion to the workplace. And it starts with how we recruit, develop and retain. And so I'm really excited to keep working on bringing more great leadership in.
0: I like that. So how can you um, maybe share with us a little bit about how you're doing that? Um, well, first of all, you know, women in supply chain.
1: So just what you're doing, which is having the conversations. Um, we just had an event at Google around women in supply chain. So, it you know, at GE Healthcare, I was a leader in women and, and same with um, at, at IBM and other places. I think it's, um, and it's not just about having women get together, it's women and men and underrepresented groups all coming together, having the conversation and really learning um, and then developing. So I think you know how we recruit, how we interview, how we understand the differences of each other and value those differences yeah. in the interview process. Mm-hmm. And then how we develop and retain those people once we get them in, because we know that for sure women are coming in at about the same pace as men. It's just that we don't see then those same you women making it into those leadership positions uh, and continuing to grow. So it's how do we develop them so i do a lot of mentoring i do a lot of coaching i do a lot of events for women and underrepresented group i'm a constant ally and then really um having a lot of conversations with people in power uh, Mm -hmm. on on how they are approaching and how they could interview and how they could develop more um, of the talent that they have at a because we all know that we tend people tend to hire people like themselves or develop people like themselves. And so it's breaking out of that mold and really understanding um, the differences and and valuing those differences.
0: Yeah, and having people in your positions speaking to those that are in the C-suite level about how they can be more open and how we can encourage that more from the top. And I think that that is... um, I think that that's great because a lot of times we hear the negative, right? Or, you know, the combative, right? We're not doing this. We're not doing that. We're not doing this. We're not doing that. We need more positivity and we need more people that are in positions like yours that can have those conversations and lead with good intention of educating and maybe giving some, some thoughts that maybe they didn't have or wouldn't have if they hadn't had that conversation with you. And so that is super, super important. And I'm glad that you are doing that um, because I think you're right. You know, we need to be a little bit more open and sometimes we just don't know what that looks like. Um, And maybe it means that they've got talents that are not right for that position, but maybe they've got talents that could help us in other areas of the business that we're just not looking at. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And could really make the business thrive. And so you mentioned Google, so I'm going to bring up Google. Um, (laughs) Some would ask what supply chain functions there are at Google. How would you describe what you do for supply chain at Google? So first off, Google and Alphabet are, it's like a huge company,
1: a huge innovative company. Um, and so I'm going to kind of keep my comments around the, the global capacity delivery supply chain, which is our, our role is to make sure that all of the data centers that allow you to do your Google searches and your YouTube and all that other cool stuff. Um, that we have all of that up and running. And so that includes site startup. It includes making sure that um, that all of the deliveries into these, these sites are, are up and running, um, that any kind of upgrades uh, are handled uh, on time, and, you know, making sure that we're ready for Black Friday and all of these things that come up, you don't realize... That takes compute power. That takes a lot of storage and networking and servers. So our job in the supply chain is to make sure that Google always is up and running in the data centers. And so we have a supply chain that really follows the SCORE model and... Um, so we have manufacturing and procurement and logistics and NPI. Um, it's a it's a really outstanding supply chain. And I think that the team that's been put together here is um, one of the best that I've worked with. It And it really thinks end-to-end, like we don't get stuck in our functions. We mm-hmm. really think about and we talk about the end-to-end supply chain and how we best support our customers. Because at the end of the day, the customer is the driving force behind everything that we do. Right. So we've got to make sure that we're listening to that voice of the customer and that we're really bringing the um, speed and scale. So, I mean, Google's hugely growing um, and and we've got to go with speed. And so the speed and the scale and then simplifying because it is complex Mm-hmm. It's very complex. And so finding, I call it the three S's, um, speed, scale, and simplification uh, to really help drive um, what's needed here at Google. So yeah, it's it's fascinating. And so we, we basically are here to serve, our supply chain serves Google,
0: which in turn serves all of our end customers. I like, like that. Because that is what supply chain is all about, right? Supply chain runs the business. The business um, is able to then deliver that customer experience that we need in this day and age. But I'm going to add one more word there. I'm going to add agility because I'm sure with everything moving so quickly, your supply chain needs to be somewhat agile too, right? Very agile, responsive, reliable, and agile. Yes, you got it. Great. I love that. So, um, we're on the topic of global supply chain because we were talking about, you know, your global supply chain and what that looks like at Google. But what do you think are some of our biggest challenges in supply chain and why? Um, I think about the data. Uh,
1: I think about, you know, and it, it sounds so simple, um, you know, especially when we've got a lot at our fingertips. We've got a lot of systems. We've got a lot of technology. But I think at every business, no matter which business I've been with, it's been about the data and it's how to um, really capitalize on that data. And so we talk about big data. We talk about um, predictive analytics and machine learning and all of that. You've got to have the basics first, which is really Understanding the data, putting it together in a way, making sure that your metrics and your KPIs drive the right behavior in the business and that they're not in conflict across the supply chain. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And then it's taking that data and then applying machine learning and predictive analytics to help your business, again, move faster, more reliably, more agile. Um, and so that's always a key piece. There's there's lots of opportunities in the supply chain.
0: Yeah, but I think
1: data helps drive decisions. And while we don't, you know, wait forever, it's not a science experiment and, and look for 100% perfection in data. It really does help drive the decisions, and it helps you find where the opportunities are as well.
0: Absolutely, and I would agree with you because I don't think companies are using data as much as i think they should be i know we've been talking about it for a long time um but i think it's something that we really need to embrace and get moving on because companies like google and the larger companies are really utilizing data and predictive analytics and machine learning to really drive their business decisions and you know i think we all need to get on board and really figure out what that looks like for our business um, to be able to better serve the community um and also have those supply chains really drive the business decisions so i think that's i think that that is a challenge you know i think i think people really need to really dive into data a lot more than than we are so let's talk about maybe the beginning of your career or you know looking back what would you tell your younger self about starting your career in supply chain Oh, and I give this advice
1: all the time: is be more intentional on building relationships and and the networks. So I've always loved people. Um, that hasn't been a problem. I, I enjoy being with people and getting to know people. Um, but I wasn't so intentional about building the networks that would then help me navigate my career. So and, it, and mostly the upwards um, right. relationships. You know, putting time on a VP's calendar as as a young person, um, I would say be bold, be courageous. Um, if they decline you, what's what's the worst thing that could happen, right? Yeah. So be intentional, um, know that you are valuable, and the more that you get to know people and that they see your strengths and your capabilities – Um, the more visibility that you'll have in your organization. So um, I, you know, about 12 years into my career, I started to have more mentors and coaches and leaders. And I stay in touch with these people, even to this day, even though it was a long time ago, um, because they really helped me so much. And I'd say, you know, the second thing is, is that um, feedback. Feedback is a gift. and We need to be able to get better at giving it and receiving it, Mm -hmm. and it takes a little bit of time to get used to, you know, giving it and receiving it, and there's ways in which you can give it that it truly is a gift. Um, but then, you know, once you hear the feedback, really think about it. Not overanalyze it. You know, uh, you know, don't don't go into a hole because you got some feedback. It's really thinking about it in terms of growth, and how do I filter that feedback? How do I actually do something with it? Make some course correction. Um, so don't stress about it, but think about how you continuously improve. Yeah. Uh, And so I'm, I'm even improving myself after this long and I look, I, I really value feedback. And so I, earlier in my career, I would have said to myself, think about giving that gift and also receiving that gift.
0: Yeah. And like you said, taking that feedback, um, you know, realizing where it's come from, uh, depending on who you're talking to. Um, but really implement it for your own self-improvement and that is going to help drive your career and you talk about mentors and you know a lot of people ask me about this or ask me to be a mentor and i think that it's more about what you can give them rather than what the mentor can give you and i think that that's a bit of a mindset shift um you know because people i'm sure people come to you too and they're like can you be my mentor and so i'll have a conversation with them and i'll talk to them about it um but at the end of the day i'll give them a task to do and if they don't do it it means that they're really not i'm not going to provide them with any value Right? It's kind of like a test because I'm also going to put my time into you. I need to make sure that you're going to be able to reciprocate. And I, yeah. I'm not sure if that's something that you would agree with, but how did you find those mentors? It's a great point. And um, you do we- start to
1: weed out who are the ones who are really um, gung ho on yeah. getting this mentorship. And because there is, there's a certain amount of time that you have. Uh, to mentor and there's so many folks to mentor when i thought about who i wanted to be mentored by i typically looked at people who were a level or two above me um, and whose leadership style was one that i wanted to emulate or it was a role that i was interested in being considered for sometime in the future uh, so that i could learn what it would take in order to take that role Uh, Or, you know, but it was typically a leader that I looked up to um, that I wanted to be mentored by.
0: Right. That's And that's really good uh, feedback when it comes to looking at who you want to be your mentor, but also thinking about what you can do for them right? Because it's a two-way street as well. So, you know, the next generation is coming into the industry with eyes wide open and many new and innovative ideas. And you kind of touched on this point a little bit earlier where we need to be open to those ideas. So as a leader, how do we harness those ideas or create a safe space for everyone to feel comfortable to voice those opinions? Yeah. So I'd say, you know, some of the things
1: that I do is, first of all, I get to know them as much as I can. And yes, it's a large organization. Um, but I just came back from Singapore. I met with all the Nooglers, the, the new folks on the team. So I had one-on-ones with them. I also do roundtables where I invite, you know, when I'm out uh, visiting, you know, uh, we'll bring them all together. And, and so I can hear the voice of how's it going, you know, in your region, in your job, in your life. Um, and what are those things that, that we, you know, should work on and, and, um, and change? I invite them into meetings. So I held a brainstorming session recently, a three-day brainstorming session. And I remember talking to my direct reports about... Who who we should invite and getting their inputs and and I would hear them say oh they're too new um, no no I want I want them in the room and so like half the room were were new people and half the people weren't and it was so amazing to see their inputs first of all they were very able to input um, and they were so appreciative to be included. And it was also great learning for them. Um, It was uh, great. So a lot of times it's modeling the way for the team, um, but I think inviting them in, inviting in their ideas, helping them to feel comfortable. It's like a family, right? So, you know, bring them in, um, help them feel the love a little bit um, and make them feel a part of the team. So it's all about inclusivity, uh, bringing people in and, and helping them feel part of the team day one.
0: Okay, um, so you just mentioned Nooglers. Is that what you call new like new people to Google? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so we get a little beanie, um, and we're Nooglers.
0: and so we're new and we're googlers. So we're new, new googlers. All right. So um, we've talked about diversity. We've talked about the next generation. Um, why is listening and being open to hearing from the next generation why is that so important for organizations?
1: Well we need the diversity of ideas and we need to let folks know that their inputs are valued and again you know from day one Uh, We need them to feel part of the family, and we need them to dig in and get going and understand the data and start analyzing and make changes. And we really encourage that here. We want the innovation. We want the creativity. And that often comes from just the basic
0: inclusion right up front. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And um, creating that safe space, which is what we we spoke about, but being open to those ideas and getting... To know your people, which is what you've spoken about before, because I really feel that a lot of people are in positions that really aren't to their strengths. And I think that we really, if we can really get to know people and really figure out what they like to do, what they're good at, and how we can put those together. I think yep. we're going to have stronger teams, which means that we're going to have a stronger business. And who knows, you might find, you know, revenue streams that you never even thought of. Right. Um, you know, right. by listening, being open, you know, learning a lot about your teams and then being able to strategically place everybody so that everybody is enjoying what they're doing. They're working towards their strengths and everybody sort of benefits from that, I think. Absolutely. So then you're a supply chain leader, what advice would you give to other supply chain leaders? And I love this question because I think, you know, a lot of the times we're talking about advice for other women in supply chain or advice for the next generation and leader to leader. I think, you know, we also need some encouragement. We also need some of that advice as to, you know, what has worked for me, you know, and how I've overcome different things. And and so what would that advice be to other supply chain leaders?
1: I think, you know, first of all, thinking end to end on the supply chain and not, you know, about optimizing a function, because sometimes we think we're going to get more notoriety or visibility by, um, you know, improving our function. It's really not about that. It's it's hearing that voice of the customer, really understanding that voice of the customer, making sure that you're, you're whether you've got internal or external um, stakeholders or customers, making sure that you meet with them on a regular basis and make sure they understand the value that you're bringing and also hearing what's on their mind, like where are their pain points? What what do they need help with? And that's our job in the supply supply chain is to make it easy for our salespeople, for our end users to be more and more successful. So listening to the voice of the customer, really having an end-to-end supply chain mindset, not optimizing a function, and then spending time with the people. It's amazing how much you get as a leader um the learning and understanding uh, my lights just went out. That's okay. Um and so the mentoring and the coaching and the support and the listening to the people uh and helping them break through roadblocks um you know, uh, making everybody be more successful. But in the end, I have a, a, a little saying of be the CEO. And the C stands for clarity and communications. The E is lead by example. And the third one is O, exude optimism. So we all can be the CEO. And I think if mm-hmm. we hold true to those three things communications, leading by example, and being optimistic. Um, we really help our businesses and we help as a leader and we help our people get to places that they didn't think they could get to.
0: Absolutely, I like that, CEO. We're gonna take that with us from this conversation. So lastly, I wanna ask you, you know, let's let's hear about the future. What's next for Claudia? So, um, I, again, I
1: feel very honored and, and blessed to be here at Google. So I just wanna keep learning and growing at Google. And then continue doing something that I've done my entire career, which is really drive diversity and inclusion across the board and really increase the number of underrepresented groups into leadership, uh, be that ally. Um, I actually have goals uh, around that. I've set some targets for myself on, on, how, on how I can do that. And then, you know, never waste a day, uh, live life to the hilt, and um, that would be be what's next for me and, and enjoy my family yeah.
0: and next time i'm in houston we are going back to that rodeo hey the rodeo's coming march So full of heart, Claudia has a unique perspective on life and on supply chain. This has helped in creating her journey to success and leading large organizations to success as well. If you would like more information about Claudia or this episode, please visit letstalksupplychain.com forward slash episode 101 or you can find it in our Woman in Supply Chain section. I will also share Claudia's link to her LinkedIn profile there as well. Thank you, Claudia for coming on the show and sharing your story today thank you so much sarah it was so fun we got to go to the rodeo this episode was produced in collaboration with border buddy the most innovative online customs platform out there and here is what graham the founder of border buddy has to say more and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out Border Buddy sees the struggle and has found a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce site, allowing you peace of mind when selling to customers in other countries. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com. Slash let's talk supply chain. If you like this episode, catch up on all of my woman in supply chain blogs and episodes under woman in supply chain at letstalksupplychain.com. Next week, we are talking about fashion and getting a handle on your supply chain as a retailer is the ultimate success. Join me when I speak to Suchi Ramesh about her new company and platform that marry fashion and supply chain called Suchi. If you'd like to support the show, there's a few ways to do that. Uh, follow us. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to our newsletter at letstalksupplychain.com. Subscribe to the SC Supply Chain TV on YouTube for all of our vlogs and YouTube videos. And subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Next, go to ships.com. That's S-H-I-P-Z dot If you are a forwarder, we are going to help you with marketing, technology, and gaining access to new Business. So make sure you go to ships.com and sign up to be one of the first to know once we have launched. If you're looking for merch for your for the supply chain professional in your life, go to shop under let Plus, we have a supply chain dictionary full of acronyms and definitions. Yes, that's 107 pages that you need to succeed in your career in supply chain. Next, rate and review the show on iTunes. We will feature your review on an upcoming episode, so make sure that you go and review the show. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.